The party gets extra planar this week on The Hapless Heroes. Did you know the captain owned a school? Hello and welcome to the Hapless Heroes podcast. My name is Dave and I will be your host and dungeon master for this evening. And oh, I'm sure you've been waiting for this for ever so long with somewhat slightly partially baited breath. I hope it's baited breath and I also hope you all brushed your teeth. But anyway, we're going to start by introing our cast and I'm going to start from Eeny Miny Mo, my virtual right, with uh, Francesco as... Possibly Felix Fizzlebottom. I have a plan. To his right, we have John as Lord Jarrell the Light. Whoosh. <laughs> All right, that's to the far end of that column. So we are going to go down in a clockwise fashion and we're going to see uh, Phil as Hedrick the Entertainer. All right, all right. Yeah, and next around the horn, we have Nicole as Boris the Butcher. Um, where are you? And to round out our uh, hapless group, we have Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southland. Yes, yes, where am I? All right, where are you indeed? And that is, uh, that's um, definitely the topic of conversation. Uh, what I would say is you all appear to be whooshing in a somewhat cramped and confined little space, blasting through the ether. Uh, lots of whoosh lines and Star trek effects blasting past you as you zoom on towards whatever destination you happen to be zooming towards. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't get to take the opportunity to play for a demigod. <sighs> yeah, hey, I, Zero, what? what's happening? Zero is not with you. Zero's not, I read. He's the one who sent you, but he was not able to make the trip with you. Okay. Are, are we just floating, like flying? Um, you are, you can tell that you are moving at a great rate of speed. Uh, relativity being what it is, you're not exactly smushed up against the back of this metaphysical bubble that is taking you through the ether. But it's not a big space. I would probably say it is a sphere no more than about, oh, 15 feet in total diameter. So you're all getting a little close to each other. You're not quite up in each other's personal space. But it is taking just even the slightest bit of effort to be slightly up the walls of this, quote, bubble that you happen to be in. And while you're there, since uh, you're definitely traveling through some uncharted territory and you were, in fact, accelerated quite violently, I would like everyone to make a, well, let's call it nominal constitution saving throw. Except for me. Yes, you're not part of everyone. You're not actually part of the bubble. 
we'll get to how we get to you when I get to figuring out how I got you there. Love it. Seven total. <laughs> Sixteen. You guys can all 12. add my, my charisma modifier to um, your saves. So that's uh, extra. Wait, how, how, how are you justifying to me how your charisma is suddenly going to keep their guts on the inside? Uh, well, first of all, they cannot be frightened. I just want to point that out for the Vigilion. Oh, my guys. God. And I also have I also have an aura of protection. Okay. It adds to saves. It adds a, pl- a plus four to any save within, uh, let me see, within 10 feet of me, which I imagine they all are because we're crunched in together. Yes, yes, that, that would be definitely the thing. Nobody is climbing up the smooth walls of this bubble or anything like that, so they're all relatively close to you, and oh, yeah. uh, you may adjust your roles accordingly. Jabril, I want you to know uh, I am not afraid, <laughs> but would you hold me? <laughs> Uh, Jarrell did roll a 20, by the way, too. Not did anybody, after uh, adding all modifiers and re-rolls or whatever, come up under a 10? No. Good. You all successfully managed to not yell at your shoes for the duration of this journey. Oh, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to play anyways. I've been holding on to this one. We're doing like Mach 7 and you're playing a Diddy. I, yeah, <laughs> what better time? Uh, so this will be the inspiring leader feat and you all will gain 18 temporary hit points. I'm sorry, Felix. <laughs> Don't even need him. It's fine. Three, two, one. Baba do ba 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 sha boom bow. Baba do ba 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 sha boom bow. We're traveling across the plains, hoping that our paladin will become ascended. A planar vortex to reach our fate. Hurry, Valens, waiting there for you. Boom, 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 boom. It's gonna take a lot of spells prepared to use. Many more than a hundred mortal souls could ever do. We are the heroes of Telduria Across space and time to save the world from Vecna's wrath Oh my god <laughs> Excellent That is, oh my gosh, that is there is several different kinds of th- things that I didn't know I needed in my life until right then. Maybe, just maybe, there's a moment of grace for the heroes from the DM in the future. Um, <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, I would like everyone to make sure that they've annotated their temporary hit points. Mm-hmm. And- I already have temporary hit points. Do I just keep adding more? No, they don't stack. It just replaces whatever yeah. the value was before. Thank you. And this just only lasts until we take a long rest. Okay. Yep. So, um, yeah, um, just real quick. Does anybody have a passive perception better than 15? Nope. Um, No. Yes. Nope. Okay. So, Boris, you would notice that things are getting darker up ahead. 
Boris may notice that. Is Um in the bubble and has Boris located Um? I don't believe Boris ever let go of Um, so Um would be on your person or near it somewhere. You were holding Um up to Caesar, like, you know, please give my puppy these powers. So. Yeah. And if nothing else, because I, I did do a re-listen, you gave no indication of having set Um down at any point after that. Perfect. That's what I was actually trying to remember. In that case, yes. Boris definitely notices the darkness up ahead. Okay. Um, <laughs> Turns around and says, hey, it's kind of getting dark up there. BT dubs, just remembering something that I have written down here. Um, Jarrell, could you, um, well, actually, I'm asking John, could you just uh, make that quick um, constitution saving throw uh, with all modifiers for Hans as he appears to be with oh. everybody? Sure. I don't know. It, I don't think he gets any bonuses, really. Uh, but I am glad that you made me roll this one for Hans and not myself because he rolled a one. Yeah. You have to roll one. Yeah. So it's absolutely <laughs> wonderful. And there was a little bit of a bassy rumbling that nobody could quite pick out during the performance. And almost on cue, right where the applause would kick in. Pea soup sprays out of Hans's mouth like it's the exorcist, spraying all over things. And I'm just going to roll a quick d6 here. One, so only one person. And one, two, three, four, five, six. I just want to kind of go around. So happy that I'm not here for this. Yeah. uh, Quinn, it gets on your shoes. (laughs) No. I was hoping for Quinn. (laughs) No, it does not. That's gross. Do you have a spell you can use to avoid the vomit? <laughs> Just a quick refresher. So. Prestidigitation does do the job quite well. I don't have prestidigitation. Mm. Nope, Hope got one of your friends your does. Otherwise, you got barf on your shoes. <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking. <laughs> the disgusted face he is making right now, ladies and gentlemen, is priceless i mean i also i teach middle school so just like the grossness of my life is already part of me um no (laughs) i mean but yes though it's there but i'm just ignoring it (laughs) boris boris despite the brief distraction uh you still do notice that darkness up ahead um, are you going to be doing any uh, any concerted looking at it, or are you just sort of vaguely concerned at the back of your mind? Um, I'm, I'm going to mention that it's dark back there. So, hey, guys, it's kind of dark up there. And then I'm going to, you know, yeah, inspect, look. In that okay, good. Since you're the first person direction. who indicated they were going to take a look, I would like you to make an active perception check uh, just out in front. Mm-hmm. I just want to kind of see what you see here. Twenty-three, A 23. Fantastic. It's not really so much darkness. That's a shadow. Big shadow. It is approaching at a pretty good clip. Or maybe you're approaching it at a pretty good clip. Relativity being what it is and all. Boris slowly kind of looks up through the bubble, leaning over to see if the shadow's coming from something. The shadow um, is in front, 
and it stretches both impossibly high and impossibly low, but doesn't go, uh, it's getting wider. It already goes as far high and as far down as you can see, but it, it's getting a little wider as you approach. It looks like some sort of opening. I believe wherever Zero sent us, it looks like that. Ugh, I don't hold on to something. I mean, who knows? It's definitely getting bigger. It's uh, occupies almost like 25% of your field of vision out front of you right now. Boris uh, doesn't take her eyes off of it, but reaches one arm backwards and just kind of flails for whichever person she can grab and tugs on whatever person she can reach behind her with one arm and then points with the other arm at the shadow, still wearing Quinn's jacket, so there's a flopping sleeve just kind of like dangling in the direction of the shadow. Fantastic. (laughs) Amuse me quickly by rolling a d4. Three? Three, so uh, you have grabbed onto Hedrick. Hold on, Boris. Don't worry. So long as you're around me, I'll make sure. Wow. <laughs> Halfway through the sentence, you all impact into something very hard. And everyone takes, and that was uh, 6d6, by the way, everyone takes 22 damage as Ooh. the uh, the orb Thanks smashes into something. And uh, everyone is slightly jumbled. It's dark. Slightly cold, and there appears to be some sort of coldness below you. Hedra casts light on his uh, drumstick. All right. Hedrick, pulling out the drumstick and shaking the cobwebs from your head, you uh, cast light upon the end of it and illuminate this room, which appears to be some sort of destroyed classroom of some sort there appear to be there appears to be a slate board on the wall to your left as uh, you look and numerous desks scattered as though the entire room exploded in front of you like a bomb went off or something there's also what appears to be um geez like a stone wall behind you with a very long tunnel in it. Do I smell anything? Like, do I smell like explosive sulfur or is it just like oh, it's just very it, there's some must, but it's mostly rock dust in the air. Boris checks if I'm is OK. All right, uh, Boris checks. And yes, of course, I'm is just peachy. Yeah, we'll get a head count. Everybody else okay? Sure. Uh, well, everybody, yeah. You can report on yourselves, but you can all assume that you are safely okay unless that 22 somehow, for some wacky reason, took you into a place you don't want your HP to be. Well, we <laughs> mentioned we mentioned Hans and Franz, and everybody else was still here. Nope, just Hans. Uh, just Hans is here. Just Hans. And Hans, just Hans. did yep. have that temporary HP as well, so... Yeah, okay. I'm going to take it as red that Hans probably has more than four HP. Okay, no, just double five. check. I mean, I wasn't even sure if there was anybody else. I forgot who had gotten teleported 
from the last okay. episode. <laughs> so from the last episode, and I actually re-listened, which I virtually never do because I have to listen to the sound of my own voice, which is huh. worse than a nails on a chalkboard. So I don't do this a lot. But um, let's see. Hans was with the group. Tessa was there upon the ship, but was not sent with you. I okay. can't remember if Tessa was resolved before the end of the episode. She I asked, don't think she asked, so. She asked to be sent back, but no, she was. Yeah, her her situation yeah. was not resolved though. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that later. I I kind of know what's happened there. I could have sent her with y'all, but no, it's more it's more amusing to leave her and Zero behind for some sort of yet un, yet undisclosed adventure. So who you have with you would be Jarrell, Hedrick. Boris, Captain okay. Quinn Southwind, and Hans, the man. Hans was the manservant. No, right? Hans is the squire. Hans the squire. Manservant is just manservant. And his uh, name is yeah. Sven. Oh, yes, his name is Sven. See, this is a product of the shitty notes I take, audience. Don't be like that. <laughs> Alternately, Hans. be exactly like me and fire everything off the hip. I don't know how many uh, hit points Hans has, but he is a level 14 squire, so. Yeah, we're just going to go ahead and assume that he has more than four hit points then. He's a level zero character, essentially. But yes, he has at Um, least 10. Yeah, at at some point, I feel like with all the following around, he would have scooped up some sort of XP just by osmosis. That's true. He might not be level 14, but he's not a level zero anymore. He can't. He's been hanging out with the dragons, right? Yeah, I was going to say, he never would have lasted two seconds with the dragons unless he had some sort of XP. Shit, he wouldn't have lasted two seconds with you guys just out at a bar. That's a good point. <laughs> That's true, too. He would have gained XP that way. At least one level. Oh, 100%. <laughs> he, he's not, he, maybe he's not level 14, but he's 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 not like a level zero or a level one. He's, he's leveled up a bit in there. We'll sort that out later because I feel like that amuses me to do so. But right now, <laughs> you are in this destroyed classroom it looks like i mean you know you you can piece together the context clues by the demolished and splintered desks the papers that are still floating down through the air the slate board off to the side it is however completely dark in here and unless you have drumroll dark vision uh it is dark save for the light emanated by hedrick's drumstick pretty sure i have dark vision um, I have dark vision. <laughs> Boris and Jarrell, Hedrick do not. Um, well, must be fucking nice. <laughs> Jarrell is going to lay a hand on Hans and heal him for the four HP. So I'll take uh, the four from my lay on hands. And then I'm also going to do the classic Jarrell Divine Sense. Since we're in a creepy classroom. Yes, you are in a creepy classroom. I mean, aren't all classrooms creepy? Yes, but uh, the lack of ambient light in here, and there is no light coming in here. Like, at all. Uh, by the light Dude, well, hold of Hedrick there's, there's I was going to say, the divine sense, what is it? What is it? Ah, uh, yes. Resolve that. All right, so I got to figure out uh, the divine sense and what it sees. Um, divine sense has what kind of range on it? 
60 feet. Hold on, my PDF is freezing. Um, I know it's undead, but I think it's also celestials, aberrations, stuff like that. All right. Most importantly, it's the 60 feet. And what you sense is not a damn thing. <laughs> That's good. I'm expecting I don't sense anything with blind sense either, since um, anything that was within 10 feet of us would have been obliterated by our impact. <laughs> yes. Let, let's say, for sake of argument, that something was in this room, it would have shuffled the mortal and or immortal coil from that sort of impact. Follow-up question. Are there any writing tools that Borash can see by the light of the drumstick near the slate board? I'll go over there and check it out with you. Maybe. That's something you'd have to look for. Boris goes to look for writing tools near the slate board. Okay. Um... And I'm helping. Oh, hell. Um, we can call that an assisted investigation. Which would be at advantage, by the way, since it is assisted. Well, I'm glad it's an advantage. <laughs> First one was a natural one. Oh, that's Ooh. much better. Oh God, math 22. All right, yes, you do find chalk in the tray. There appear to be some different hues, but it is very hard to tell what color because uh, the light from that light spell is good, but not wonderful. And it's a little dim in here, so things are a little grayscale right now. Thor starts coloring a rainbow on the slate board and, uh, you know, a, a sunshine and a butterfly with a smiley face and like a tree next to it and just an assortment of things that a 13 year old girl would color on a chalkboard. The rainbow is whatever assortment of colors she happened to pick up the chalk in. Fantastic. So while Boris is um, bringing art to this desolate place. Very Don't forget to sign it. You got to sign your work there, Boris. All right, so that investigation and subsequent uh, art lesson are going on. Um, Quinn, what are you up to right now? Um, I think I'm just trying to kind of figure out, like, if there's anything here. Like, I, I think I go right to, like, is there a teacher's desk? Um, yes, or there like is. Or, like, a main... Well... Yeah. You can kind of infer that some of the shards of wood were from the teacher's desk. It looks okay. like the teacher and the main blackboard were on the wall that you blasted through. So okay. that desk was right in the impact crater, essentially. Okay, can I investigate kind of the space that I see that? If there's anything like from inside the desk that might have been blasted out of it? Sure. Um, just, um, yeah, give me a quick investigation of that general area. Uh, 23. 23. You find some scraps of paper. Um, They're slightly charred, uh, you know, due to everything that has happened and definitely not intact. But you do find a few words and they're written in common. Nothing... Nothing specific. Uh, it looks like a chunk of a paragraph. Um, 
you can't really tell what it's about. Some like the and or it, like some sentence fragments, maybe about 10 words in total, enough to know that it is written in common, but not mm-hmm. what it's about, nor who wrote it. So the context of the sentences are, are not able to. Be yeah, discussed. you don't okay. have you don't quite have enough words. It's like an okay. are having been the toe something in a whatsoever. Got it. So filler words. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like there could be sentences written around it. You didn't have a whole lot of paper to go off of to begin with. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's still a hell of a clue. Okay. So, Jarrell, you were not able to find anything with your divine sense within 60 feet or so. Do you have a next play? Well, Jarrell is kind of, which side of the room again was the hallway on? Um, well, uh, there is a door that uh, appears to be slightly, maybe about six inches ajar at the opposite side of the room, which is about a square room that I would say is, let me look at this map, 40. It's about a 50 by 50 room. So it is on the opposite wall of where you came a blasting in. Um, and where was the wall that Nicole, or I'm sorry, Boris and Hedrick are coloring on? If you are facing the door out to what you are going to assume is a hallway, but you have no evidence uh, of that yet, it would be on your left if you're facing away from the entry point towards the door. Is there anything on the walls by the door? By the door. Um, it looks like a coat rack or was a coat rack. Okay. Um, it has a couple of cloaks hanging from it of a very dark blue. Um, so Jarrell is going to kind of poke around on his way to the door because um, he can still see in the dark while Hans is going to um, kind of watch what uh, Boris is drawing. I don't think we ever really disclosed how old Hans is, um, but he's definitely like a teenager. So he's kind of closer to Boris's age than he is to the rest of us. Um, and he also can't see. So. Yeah, I think we I think, I think think we established at the start of the campaign that he was like 16 or something like that. Which means he's probably close to 17 right now, but still he's hanging yeah. more with Boris and Hedrick and the light and Jarrell uh, will be poking around the um, robes and maybe even seeing if the door still functions. Okay, so the door does still function because it is slightly ajar. Whether it was no, not to lose by... I, I want to make the joke go back. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. I'm glad someone picked that up where I left it. Um, but anyway, uh, so it, it is slightly open outwards into the hallway whether you're blasting into the place and knocked it loose and opened it or if it was open already is unknown. Anything in the robes? Um, two pencils. One of them is broken. Neither have erasers. And nothing else really I can pick up from the robe. No, just kind of no. random robes. No, I don't want the clues to be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Jarala would would just open the door 
you all laugh. I can be nakedly transparent about this sort of thing. I don't really <laughs> Are they um, like adult sized robes or um, child? They are closer to your size than they would be to um, to Boris. So if not adult, at least at least high school age, maybe college age. I don't know. Like, you know, older, older youth to young adult. Mm -hmm. It's tough to tell what the fashion is for how long these cloaks are worn, whether they go full floor length or people prefer them to be to the knees or something like that. Without knowing these people, you can't really know, but it looks like at least the shoulders are wide enough where if you wore it, it wouldn't be too tight. If. Well, I'll at least pick one up and right. Hedrick will turn to Boris here, hold my drumstick and he'll uh, <laughs> tie it on. And then he's going to grab the kind of corners of it and flap them behind his back and be like, hey, I'm you. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> I, I just can I just point out like as an outsider, as someone who's not here yet, that like y'all were just flung from like essentially like the ascendant plane of a demigod mm -hmm. to places unknown mm -hmm. and your first moves are to fiddle fart around and I just it's so emblematic of this party of this group it's just it's sickening we need to know where we are sickening all right so Hedrick did one good thing he cast light and then he did another good thing by helping Boris see her drawing mm -hmm. And then he decided to do something for himself. And you want to put that on his shoulders? It's been like six <laughs> seconds. It's not like, all on your shoulders. Yeah. I mean, the the cloak, part. just the cloak. Realistically, <laughs> you guys have been here for a minute or less. Yeah. Like, I've picked up some papers. Like, don't judge me yet. No, I just think it's funny. I just think it's yeah, really funny. There are, there are at least several legitimate investigative things going on here. So, I mean, yeah, there's fiddle farting, but that's just being on brand. They're still getting stuff done <laughs> while they do it. So, I mean, yeah. Boris now having the drumstick in her hand is going to consider her 30 second or 45 second long drawing done um, and is going to sign it in the bottom corner. But for the S, she's going to make six parallel lines and connect them together with triangles because she's 13 and that's how you draw an S. Oh, that um, is. Okay, good. <laughs> um, and uh, then she's going to pocket the chalk and then proceed to hand Hedrick back the drumstick, remove Quinn's coat, and carefully fold it and place it in one of her pockets carefully and gently, and then take the other robe and put it on, uh, which I'm assuming also has equally flappy long arms. Wait, so you put it in your pocket, but don't give it back to me. You heard what she said. Would you like it back? I just figured it was safe in my pocket, but if you'd like it back here, I can give it back. <laughs> well, it, it is quite cold. Oris pulls out Quinn's jacket, which she has vomited in twice in the last few days and not taken off for almost a week, including sleeping. And hands well, it over. Since you put it that way. No, no, no. I, mean, oh, I didn't you say any it. of this out loud. This is you just a description. So make sure that in your uh, in your inventory you have one slightly funky captain's jacket. <laughs> well, I was going to put it on, but at this point, I said slightly funky. I didn't say like super funky or anything. 
I feel like we've been on longer adventures where you've been wearing that coat anyways. So Sure. Anyway, so let's, but, let's, yeah. Brushes a piece of dirty floor bacon off of it, realizing she had them in the same pocket. Yes, floor bacon. <laughs> Here, Boris, let me at least, I'll help you roll up them sleeves. The cloak's just a little too big on you. It looks good, though. Hey, we match. Yay. All right, while that's going on, Jaro, where's your head at right now? I'd open the door and plan. Okay, excellent. Jarrell, you open the door and look out. And uh, because you have dark vision, dun, 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 you notice some things. I have this map over here. Okay, good. Um, Several maps. I got maps all over the place right now. Um, Out into the hallway, the hall extends both off to your right and your left. It is about 20 feet wide, and exactly opposite you, there is another door. It is also uh, sitting slightly open. There are doors off to your left and right on opposite sides of the hall, maybe about 20, 30, 40, about 50 feet each direction. The hall kind of continues a little further uh, each direction. Um, Yeah, I I think that's uh, pretty good right now. Okay. Um, Gerald kind of looks back at the group. Uh, should we proceed onward? Yeah, I don't think there's anything for us here. We gotta, we gotta find the purpose of why Zero sent us to this fucking classroom. Um, I guess Jarrell would start to the right. Okay, so off to your right. Um, there would be uh, two more uh, two more classrooms on either side of the hall, about 50 feet down. Another 20 feet down, things sort of open up into a uh, slightly wider room, maybe a, maybe a 40 by 40 square or so. Do each of the classroom, or what I assume are classrooms, have uh, do they have windows on the door? The doors do not have windows. No. Okay, so I can't see through them. No, the doors, uh, every door that you have seen has been at least slightly open. Okay, does it seem like they're, I mean, I probably can't tell in six inches. I'm not going to spend the time to open each door unless, if, yeah, Jarrell's not going to, he's going to continue on. Okay, so you're continuing on down the hall to the right. To, to the big opening, yeah. Towards that opening, okay. As you get just a little bit closer, maybe just outside of where it opens up, what you notice is that there are several what appear to be either desks or tables somewhat overturned. Not all the way upside down, but it looks like the tops of the tables are all sort of facing towards the opposite end of the room where you came in. Like they got knocked over or like they were intentionally placed? Are they random or do they look um, like? It, it almost looks like, um, you know what? Um, insight check, please. Always great at these. The, yeah, the, the, the patented Jarrell insight check. Well, I mean, you're trying to, you're trying to divine motives. Hey, from these I got a 19. A 19, <laughs> yes. These appear to be some sort of hastily erected barricades. Okay. Just past them, uh, there's a little alcove opening in the wall, which appears to have some sort of uh, raised circle on the floor, maybe about uh, 10 feet in diameter. So, 
you said that they're positioned towards one of those. Or, or, or a, a yeah, they're they're sort of facing it as though uh, yeah, someone had uh, set up some hastily erected barricades facing towards this uh, this uh, circle set in the ground in a little alcove in the wall at the far end of that room. Okay. Um, Jarrell would investigate. Does does he recognize this circle from before? Yes, if you were there before, yeah, you recognize this circle. It looks familiar. Now, we had never seen um, these kind of things outside of that lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and, well, the one time when we transported Zero. Did those all look the same? The ones in the lighthouse and in the school had looked the same, yes. Did the ones that we transported Zero on look the same? No. Okay. So these might be different things. Or, I mean, they function the same, kind of similarly, but... Um, can I see the other side of the room? Are there any other edges to the room yet? Um, okay, so you have gone uh, from the classroom and you made a right. You passed two other uh, rooms. Uh, and uh, entered this uh, little um, 40 by 40 uh, room with the alcove at the side. That is all there is. It opens to that alcove with the uh, with the circular pad in it. There are the uh, what appear to be on my notes about five overturned tables making some uh, makeshift barricades in the room. But other than that, there's not a whole lot in here. There might be better details, but uh, unfortunately, dark vision only gets you so far. It gives you kind of some right. grayscale. You know, you're not really seeing uh, perfect detail in here. Hey, Jabril, uh, before we go poking around stuff, I feel like maybe we should figure out these other two rooms back here. There might have some information. Um, or the Jarrell other end of the hall. Not. Yeah, I don't think he wants us to get... Jarl wouldn't want to get on a random teleporter. <laughs> um, that's, you know, not usually his, his go-to. Um, so I guess he would head back the other way. Well, hopefully, if they were defending this place against something, they're not here anymore. <laughs> uh, with, hopefully with they're my, gone. Are there signs of, like, fighting in here? That is tough to tell uh, from what you have seen so far outside of hastily erected barricades. Right. Okay. Just going off of what you have investigated and where you have investigated so far. I don't think I really investigated. I did an insight. Yeah, but I mean, like, places you've poked your head into, looked at, that sort of okay, thing. Okay, yeah. Whether there was sure. an investigation check attached to it or not. Um, and I want to go back to Quinn and see what uh, what are you up to right now. Sorry, I'm just trying to make sure I do touches on everybody through all this. Yeah, I'm wondering if... Um, I guess the, the, the pages are actually interesting to me, like, trying to figure out, like, kind of, like, what what type of school this was, I guess. I mean, like, I, I see the robes. I see that it's it, things are written in common. So I guess I, I want to try to piece this together a bit better. Okay. Um, is there any other kind of 
um, parchment or anything like that that I find in the room? In this room? Um, one second, I need to make my own roll. Okay, so yeah, there's nothing in this specific room that you can find that's in any better shape than what you have found so far. Okay. Boris, after your art, what are you up to now? Um, Boris is basically blind in here, so she would have grabbed Hedrick's hand when he started moving, and then grabbed Hans's hand behind her, and just formed like a human line of blind people. (laughs) <laughs> following the tiny little drumstick light. Um, once we got to, I guess, the room where it's at, I mean, Hedrick and Jarrell were talking, so I'm assuming we all kind of followed that general direction. Uh, Boris then realizes that she has a lantern and proceeds to light that and start kind of investigating the barricades themselves. Awesome. And what's just, built up? Just, just after that news, um... John, I'd like you to make a um, charisma. Well, no, because I'm asking John who because I'm asking him to make the charisma check on behalf of Hans. So I yeah, that's why I'm asking him to make a check for Hans because he's not actively playing Hans, but he's sort of semi piloting it. You're the babysitter. Yeah, that's why I asked the player. Oh, man, he is killing it today. Uh, Two, a two. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. That's this twice exact- as good as the last one. So. No, 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 no. This is this is perfect. This is exactly what I wanted because a cute girl somewhere in his age range just grabbed his hand and he's going to go a little gooey. And I, I, I just want to make it noted that um, for the next little bit, he's making any intelligence checks at disadvantage. Yep. Sounds like a teenage boy. Yeah. A teenage teenage boy. Yes. That's exactly what I wanted to kind of have happen there. All right. Super cool. Hedrick, since you're at the front of that chain, what are you up to right now? Yeah, it's a 20 feet bright light and then 20 feet dim light after that. So everything is well illuminated for everyone. Everything, Um, everything where I just where specifically have you taken this train for now? uh, I followed Jelrel down the hallway. Uh, okay. I, I saw the portal pad there. Um, okay, so you're in the barricade room. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and then it seemed like we should check out these classrooms. We got to figure out a little more information. And I know the captain was going over these papers that were like charred up and stuff. I don't know if all of the rooms were exploded, but we did pass two more doors. And before we go poking on a portal, I figured we would check those out. Okay, fantastic. Um, so um, just uh, let's say we were facing in from uh, from the barricade room towards the rest of this place. Um, the one you came in would have been the second one on the left. So you've got, you know, room one left, one right, two right that you haven't been in, and three left and three right. So which one are you kind of thinking about looking at here? Uh, first one on the right. From, first one on the right. Okay. From the barricade room. Yeah. All right. So the door is slightly open, and entering the room, just your quick gaze shows you that this room is also somewhat ransacked. Some of the desks are turned over. There's papers, wholly intact ones, at least in this one, scattered about. Yeah, I want to at least um, say, hey, uh, I think there might be more to look at in here. I'm gonna poke in and okay. pick up one of the whole pieces of parchment or, or scoop of them 
and try to try to gain what I can off of that. Okay, excellent. Uh, so are you uh, reading this? Yes. Good. Right at the top of the paper, it says Southwind Academy. Hey, hey. I, oh. Captain, Captain, look at this. I think we're back in the fucking school that those students were connected to. Somehow that lighthouse and this place, like we're just on another portal pad that brought us here. We're going in circles. Welcome back to Legradex. <laughs> School is in. <laughs> All right. Boris turns to Hans. Boris turns to Hans and says, "Did you know the captain owned a school?" Well, I don't own the school. Boris doesn't know that. <laughs> yeah, Boris. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, of course, I own a school. <laughs> no. I'm sure we would have filled in Boris somewhat. I mean, we met her in Ardwall directly after that happened. And then we took a trip around, stopped on the island, went to High Rock. By that point, all the time at sea, I would imagine we would have talked about, like, the fact that we went to uh, all these lengths, you know, to get where we are today. Maybe. I don't think I, anyone really took the I time to tell I can't say Jarrell would have had a conversation. I mean, Forrest would have many of Quinn's versions of the stories known. Yeah, I'm pretty so, sure like, Quinn Forrest tons of stories. fully believes right now that, you know, it's entirely possible that Captain Quinn has a school that he's just never mentioned. Because this seems like it follows with the stories she's been told. And is And in his head, it's just like, oh, this is perfect. Plus, Boris just got her head smacked, you know, against a school, so she's not exactly picking with, like, 100% effort here. Through a brick wall. <laughs> um, All right, so it? good. We've sort of established a little bit of a setting here, and that makes me very happy. I love uh, dropping things like that on everybody. I, as much as I love dropping things on the audience, I like dropping it on the party, too, because that's that's just fun cheeky little reveals are the bread and butter of any uh any proper dming experience okay so you kind of know where you are and if any of you were uh, had the presence of mind to keep maps um yeah those could be referred to because outside of blasting you in through one of the classrooms uh through a wall through a bunch of rock uh yeah there's no mm -hmm. uh, real substantial changes maybe so how do we feel about that portal pad? I mean, we can keep exploring this place, but we need to find our purpose here. Mm -hmm. Even if this is the Southwind Academy, did we ever go on that particular portal? That would have been the one you came in. So this is basically all we did. We stayed in that room and we talked to the students. Now, Arasatra was there. Mm. Um, but basically all it was was them saying we're defending because we're being attacked and we had to tell them to stay down there. We never investigated the school, but it mm -hmm. does appear right. that that somebody made it in here. We don't see any bodies. There's explosions in different you know rooms and they're all ransacked. Well, so 
Slow your roll on the explosions. There was only one, and it's where you guys blasted in. Appears <laughs> to have been a standard manual ransacking by hand. Okay. So, so the way I had remembered it, there was um, a hallway that went to the left, and the pad that we were using to get out of the classroom section was on that section, right? So um, you enter through uh, through what I'm calling the barricade room. And as you pass a few classrooms, ah. it kind of opens up into an area past that. Mm -hmm. And I think really the only person who explored too much deeper than that would have been Quinn himself. So unless right. he's telling you what he saw, it is a mystery. Remind me what I saw. Well, uh, remember that you were taken uh, to a hallway and down some steps and into a cavern-like room where water stretched on endlessly out into the darkness and you had that uh, bird feeder-looking thing that you scooped the water from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think I told them all that. Okay. So, yeah, if you so had told them not. about that... No, you I, did, I didn't personally no, say anything. You did not. Of course no. you, you did. You intentionally not. didn't, in fact. Yeah. We still didn't even know what was in your Actually, flask. Yes, and yeah, I was going to say, Boris had no idea what she was drinking, so this would all be completely unknown. <laughs> I feel like I should have remembered that that was, in fact, an important plot point. But hey, you know, what's one to do? <laughs> I give a little, I take a little. Do you care to give a little now? <laughs> so, as it stands, only Quinn actually knows where that is. Mm -hmm. yep. Yes, that is correct. Oh, yes, I remember this place. You do? It's almost like it was yesterday. Well, uh, lead on, Captain. Uh, so I... So the staircase is right straight ahead, right? Yes, like if right you were the, to yeah. go uh, what would be straight ahead, you would enter, uh, you would pass the three uh, classrooms on each side, and a... 30 foot wide hallway extends off into the darkness in either direction in front of you there are what appear to be five staircases uh staircases one three and five go up maybe about a half a floor and go into uh, what appears to be some sort of foyer room at the top there and the two in between those other three go downwards that's the direction you had gone right I'm just trying to what you saw, but yeah, I'm just trying to trying to think. Would I remember what staircase it was? So no, the two down. Well, you would take the down ones. They both go to the yeah. same place. It was a okay. choice on my part. Sure. So, um, yeah, I just I lead them down toward. Uh, this is where I found that magical water. All right. So you do go down those stairs. One second. Upon the word magical water, Boris wretches a little bit. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. All right, so down to the stairs you go, and it is continues to be dark down here. There are no sources of light, and uh, as you go down the stairs a little ways, out in front of you uh, is the room with some notable uh, similarities and some notable differences. The uh, the destroyed basin that uh, you had taken the water from and then tipped over is exactly where it was left. 
Uh, the top part of the basin was cracked in half when it hit the floor. The plinth is laying next to it. And then beyond it was uh, what appeared to be almost a natural cavern filled with water. Except that the water is no longer there. And things uh, kind of go from smooth stone up top and on the sides and on the floor where you were to where it hits the water. Um, things kind of get a little rockier and descend down just a little bit. So this this is where the, the what do you call it? Uh, the fountain? My fountain of power came yes. from. The font would have been there. Some sort of supply of some kind of water, blessed or otherwise, would have been there. Whether it was just the sea and your connection to it, and it was somehow taken out or destroyed or whatever might have happened. We don't really know. But what you do know is that uh, it is there and it kind of continues on a little ways. And um, the stone is a little... You know, it's it's natural rock, and it sort of slopes down for a good 20 feet before flattening out. So the basin itself would have been maybe about 30 feet deep at its total in uh, about 20... Well, actually, no, um, 40 feet in, it sort of uh, levels out. It's never a particularly deep grade, though. But you're saying it's completely dried up. There's no more water in here. It is completely dried up, yes. Hmm. Whether that reveals anything is, you know, up to you guys to find, I guess. Now, we, it, it's in a cavern, correct? It appears to be a cavern. At least part of it is a natural stone cavern, although there are finished walls at the sides and the top, at least sort of getting to where it becomes a cavern. It's sort so, of a slow transition. In fact, the finished ceiling continues off into the distance, as though a ceiling were attached in this room. I'll turn to Quinn. Uh, Quinn, it appears, was there water in here before? Where did it go? Like, uh, by that I mean, um, this must be a cavern, but it's, where is the, so, Gerald's looking for an end. Yeah. To the cavern. So I would have remembered, like, where the water was flowing. Yet the water wasn't flowing. It was still calm, almost glassy oh, water right, in here. Yeah. There, but there was any... I'm trying to remember. Sorry, it was a while ago. So, um, like, was there a sort of, like, a, like a waterfall, or was it just literally just stagnant water? Not stagnant, but um, collected. Very, very smooth. Not a lot going on with it. It wasn't really moving, but... Mm -hmm. Generally, if you're in a place with a lot of stagnant water, you know you're in a place with a lot of stagnant water, and this was not it. In fact, it almost smelled faintly of the sea before. It doesn't mm -hmm. now, but it doesn't really smell like anything. So I wouldn't have any clue where the water would have, like, drained to or from. Not without, uh, you know, maybe going and taking a look. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, like, let's do that then. Let's do some yep. investigation. All right. Because Gerald would like to gain a sense of, like, are we still even on Telduria anymore? Or are we just kind of like, it seemed like we are just kind of floating in the middle of space from how we hit this place. Since I'm still not here yet, I don't necessarily, like, I, I just, I, this is more of a point of a reminder because it was something that was stated. 
Um, but I recall when we were previously adventuring this place that every time we teleported, it felt like we were somewhere new, not necessarily in the mm-hmm. same structure. Like our sense of direction was completely thrown off. Right. And I'm, you know, I apologize for speaking, even though my character's still not here. But I just, I feel like that yeah. was common knowledge. Yeah, I, I, I feel like we're almost there. Um, I don't want it to seem too contrived. I don't like leaving you out of the episode either. I'm just trying to make it. Felix is just upstairs in a classroom somewhere behind a door. Like, open it, please. All we had to do was step on the portal, and we decided to turn around. <laughs> well, I, I would like everyone to make a perception check. Uh, Nat 20? <laughs> wow. 26. 26, okay. Um, 22. Horus, you definitely hear something off in the distance there. It was like a clattering, maybe a rummaging. From which direction? Like into further down, water? Further down, yes. There's no water, right? It's all dried up. Or like where yes, the water is dried up. It's where, it's where Quinn tells you there was water. You mm-hmm. see no particular evidence of there having been water, except for the fact that this is definitely much a uh, basin-looking sort of place. Oris listens for a second, and then looks at the captain and says, Professor Captain Southwind, I, I think I hear something. It's Dean, but yes. <laughs> You need Professor Captain Southwind. I'm sorry. There's there's Dean definitely Lord something Captain. down there. Lord. Dean Professor Captain <laughs> Lord so Southwind. <laughs> Dean oh Lord Professor Captain Quinn Southwind. Close enough. Sir. I believe there is something down there. Um Jar- so Jarrell rolled in that 20. Oh, Jarrell, you rolled a nat 20. Not only do you hear something, you see a flash of something off in the distance. How far away from it is me? From me? <laughs> that is tough to tell because depth perception and uh, night vision don't really mix. But it's sort of just a uh, faint flickering of a light. Uh, Jarrell will walk forward and use divine sense again. Hey, um, Felix. I'd like you to make a uh, quick uh, little uh, perception check here. Twelve. A twelve. So you don't really hear anything, but in the midst of uh, your astral projections into trying to find clues, you have astrally projected yourself to this place. You're not entirely sure where this place is, but it is in a cavern of some sort. Okay. Fantastic. Um... You do see, you do see, um, well, um, I'm sorry, Jarrell, you see that flash. Uh, Felix, you don't really see anything right now. Do I notice anything with my divine sense? With your divine sense? As you get within 60 feet? Yes. You, um, well, what does your divine sense tell you about these sorts of things? Like, if you see something that shows up, what does it tell you specifically? Uh, celestials, fiends, undead, consecrated, and desecrated. Um, so what you do sense is that there is something desecrated. It is fantastically desecrated. It is also 
really small. Like it's it's it would be like miles of desolation reverse big banged into something the size of a golf ball. Uh, Jarrell puts his hand behind him and pulls out the Sword of Justice. Uh, be careful, everyone. There's a desecrated creature in front of us. Um, and As I recall, will... the Sword of Justice gives off a little bit of a glow, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Sure does. Good. The Sword of Justice illuminates the room and reveals an oblivious Felix digging around through a pile of rocks in front of you. Maybe <laughs> about 30 feet off. Oh, hey! How, 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 who goes there? Felix, what are you doing here? Uh, Okay. All right, so... uh, Wait a second. What are you doing? Where are we? We aren't quite sure. Be careful, my friend. There's something desecrated nearby. And Jarrell is kind of like pacing back and forth looking for the desecrated thing. Oh, it's okay. I, nothing, I don't here think it can, tells me. nothing here can hurt me, Jarrell. Don't worry. Uh, I'm. This is actually just an astral projection. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And, uh, you know. We'll, we'll have to sort out how that trans... How You know the thing I'm talking about, how it translates through astral projection, but I couldn't have it not show up mm-hmm. in some form. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Loving the prop, too, by the way. Yeah. For, for the audience... Fran is on camera with a blue sticky note with some sort of gem in the middle of his forehead. I do as the crystal guides. No. <laughs> it, it looks like uh, it looks like an almond with an eyeball like in the center of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it is, it is an almond shaped gem. And in the or- center face, there looks like there's an eye with an, a vertical like slit iris. Or it kind of looks pupil. like um, the squid from Mario. But like when it's like going oh, up. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking right? like a rupee from Zelda. <laughs> yeah, there you know, go. with an eyeball on it. Regardless, all I know is that that, that almond on his head is looking at us funny. <laughs> um, but as soon as as soon as uh, Felix hears it's Jarrell though, like he'll start meandering over. Um, you'll see like I, I'm walking, but like I'm not like going down into like the cavern. I'm just kind of walking straight like on the air as I walk up to you and like I go and I try to poke you and my hand just kind of goes through you. Safe passer projection. Felix, uh, you're, you're a damn ghost. <laughs> what the hell? What just, oh my God, what are you doing here? Okay. Well, this is a long story. Um... Suffice it to say, you guys remember that orb that we found a while back that ended up having some pretty dark magical powers? Well, you know, I've been kind of mm-hmm. secretly experimenting on that for a while, and after going through more than a few lab assistants, I decided that I really kind of just had to do it myself, and, well, I point to my forehead where there is this thing, like glowing gem set into it. Uh, 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 well, this happened. Uh, and then everything went to shit in Ardwell, and I needed to figure out how to find you guys. So through the so I, I kind of enlisted Tabby's help real quick, as this man has traveled through portals, learned through some things from Thirty One Squared about extra planar travel, and I decided, well, you know, using his help and some of the resources from the project, maybe I could fine tune, you know, this this these 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 this, this power I felt as soon as this thing attached itself to me to like wherever you were, and well, it. They brought me here. I have no idea where this is, 
or how you got here, but I, I, I don't know where we are. I just, so I just, I just, po- I just, I just, I just pointed. You have to understand, by the way, that if I suddenly disappear, it's because everything has gone to shit back home because, you know, time in the plains is kind of funky. So I have no idea how much time is actually passing where my body is right now. But uh, whatever we're doing here, we need to do it quick because I might just like die at some point. I'm not sure if you guys saw what was happening at Ardwall, if you made it back in time, but uh, everything is pretty fucked there. We yes, almost that's got why there. we're here. Jarrell <laughs> hmm. uh, will say, um, so now, Felix, you took some of the, the items we found with the undead and decided it was a good idea to put it on your forehead. Okay, that was not intentional. I didn't try to, like, put it into my forehead, Jarrell. Like, I'm not that haphazard like some of my other members of the project might be. I was trying to experiment from a distance. However, I stepped a little bit too close and this thing just sucked itself into my forehead like I've seen it happen with my several previous lab assistants. How many lab assistants did you kill with that thing? That is irrelevant and I <laughs> mourn for each of them. They died in the name of science. In that awkward pause, there's a clanging. Okay, that's that was not me, by the way. I was hoping that was you. Is that are you? We're not doing that. We're not making that sound over here. The desecrated creature is still here, and Jarrell swings his sword around again because he he's not uh, he's not assuming that Felix is the desecrated creature. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's not a creature-sized thing that's desecrated. Sure. And I can't tell which direction it's in. No. Right now. No, you can't because it's it's so intense that it's that it's almost like taking a compass to the North Pole and it's just flipping out right now. I'm not sure that divine sense in its of itself. Oh no, it is type and location. Okay, I forgot that part of it. Yeah. The type is pure dag nasty evil. Which I've sensed that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Clang. Like a metallic ringing that comes from seemingly everywhere at once. Okay, yeah, that's definitely not us. Uh, I'm kind of useless right now, seeing as how I'm just an astral projection, so uh, you guys may want to check that out. I'll, I guess, back you up from here. Clang. Uh, Jarrell will... He can't tell which direction that clang is coming from, huh? It's just kind of reverberating off all the walls? There's a lot of reverberating, yes. It echoes like nobody's business in a room like this. Captain, why don't you uh, illuminate uh, dear Felix here as to our location? Uh, I might be able to investigate where this noise is coming from. And... Hedrick would like to polymorph himself into a bat. Clang! <laughs> and now this little flapping bat is in front of you, and you hear one little high squeak, like squeak, ping. And uh, he wants to fly up and scan in the direction that 
he's getting pings from as to where that clanging is coming from. Using Ooh. your echolocation. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, that winds up being the best tool. Clang. It's not far away. In fact, it's coming from the floor, maybe about 30 feet deeper in. On the floor or within? From the floor somewhere. You'd probably have to get closer and investigate or something. Well, Hedrick, or, you know, Bat Hedrick will <laughs> float to a, a comfortable distance and, and keep kind of like swirling around the area trying to pinpoint. Clang! Uh, can Jarrell see the bat, Hedrick? I'm sure he can, and he would follow. Yeah, you can. You can follow, and you're going to start walking in that direction? Mm-hmm. Awesome. You walk about 30 feet, and um, amuse me with a quick dex check. Oh, fantastic. Another one of Jarrell's favorites. Yeah, really good at these. Seven. <laughs> Excellent. You find what you're looking for by tripping over it. <laughs> it is, as you land face first upon it, a six foot in diameter manhole cover. Oh. It appears to be some sort of heavy metal, maybe a brass or a bronze. It's slightly brownish looking, and it's got lots of runes carved into it. Do I recognize the runes at all? Do you speak Dwarven? Or rather, do you read Dwarven? No. Then no. You don't, outside of the fact that they appear to be runes. I do. Hedrick will fly down when he sees Jarrell is looking at something. He'll just stay in bat form for now. I I, I know how to read Dwarven. What do these say, Felix? Hold on, and I, you know, kind of air walk over to that. All right, so Felix air walks over and you look down into this manhole cover, which is definitely some sort of brassy bronze kind of thing, and carved into the top uh, in runes are Keep Out. And afterwards, a CS. I relay that to the group. Clang as it reverberates through the uh, manhole cover. Um, hey, Jarl, are you still on top of it? Oh, the so I, I wouldn't say he was standing on it, uh, just looking at it. Um, okay, because you had tripped over it and fell right on top. Oh, of it. right, yeah. So if if I tripped over it and la- I, it's six feet wide, I would say that he's probably laying in the middle of it. <laughs> yes, you can feel the clang through this thing, through this dwarven manhole cover that says "keep out." And that's where we're going to call this episode for the evening. Ooh. Thank you so much for joining us all for this uh, this first episode of a brand new arc and a brand new adventure in what appears to not be a brand new place. <laughs> now, if you like us, we can be found on the internet. We're in such places as Reddit, hapless hero, uh, slash r slash hapless heroes, uh, Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, I've Facebook and Reddit is Hapless Heroes Podcast. Instagram yep. and Twitter is at Hapless Heroes. 
at Hapless Heroes, but every single one of those places will take you to what I have coined as the ground jewel of our internet presence, our Discord server, where you can meet and hang out and talk with us on a daily basis. We are all pretty much there, and uh, Fran and I are very, very active in that place. But uh, speaking of activity, we have a wonderful, self-sustaining community of people who will probably welcome you to the server before we even do, because they're there and they're they're active and talking with each other and we would love for you to come and join and be part of our ongoing conversation about life the universe and mostly dungeons and dragons especially this podcast that we have all come to love especially those of us who have been a part of it but any 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 who have touched uh who has touched their lives really seem to dig it and we'd love it if you came and hung out with us now if you really really like us you could leave us five-star review on the podcast service of your choice. We can be found on uh, basically anywhere you get fine podcasts. And if you leave us a review, we will leave it. We will bleh, leave it. We will read it on here and recognize you as the five-star person that you are. Um, we actually had, now I, there's a few of these I missed, actually, because I no longer get notified, apparently, when we get new reviews. But Tyler writes, wrote to us uh, on in January, on January 15th, he says, amazing. I found the podcast because I read about Igor's challenge on DM's Guild. Hey, that's that module we use for, for that when Massimo joined the podcast. Um, and I, you know, I, he had, the, the author had mentioned that we had run it on the podcast. He's like, I wanted to hear how it played out. So I listened to the guys and became instant fans. I am currently listening my way through so I can catch up, but the guys are thoroughly entertaining and remind me of my group with their crazy antics and terribly funny puns. Kudos and cheers. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Tyler. You're a five-star human. Thank you. Yeah. Five stars. Yeah. Five-star human. (laughs) Now, if you really, really like us, you could donate to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash hapless heroes, where we have uh, several different reward tiers uh, for, uh, you know, to uh, reward your uh, your donation to our podcast in kind with uh, such things as simple kudos or uh, adding you to our extra special patrons channel in our discord. Uh, we have bloopers. We have outtakes. We've got the uh, Hoblet, the Smasher notebook. Um, apparently, at some level, we also have tasteless nudes. Tasteful nudes, whatever. I mean, we don't have any of those. So, so. Really, really raunchy nudes now. We already got rid of the tasteful ones. You could not pay me enough. (laughs) Helicopter dicking so hard, I take off. Oh, my God. It's hard to get in a picture. It's hard to get in a picture, but we managed to do (laughs) it. Oh, someone wants to end the show. Do they have a Zach for us? I do. So, if you love us, and I mean, really, really, really love us, Sally Field and the whole deal. Follow in the footsteps of one of our biggest fans, the infamous Doc Emmett Brown. Create a time machine out of an obscure vehicle. Doesn't really matter what type. Uh, anything, anything that can reach. Has to be a DeLorean. Fine, Mike. To the listeners out there, find yourself a DeLorean. So long as it can reach 88 <laughs> miles per hour. Go back to the time of 1973 and subvert your mother's creepy advances by telling her all about the hapless heroes. Next, travel to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin and find Gary Gygax at TSR. Tell him about how you have an urgent message from the future and armed with this knowledge, not only will Dungeons and Dragons become the world's most popular role-playing game, 
but the source material on the hapless heroes will transcend into an ethos that defines the spirit of humanity. Oh, and a quick warning, time travel is extremely dangerous. Uh, when you return to the present, you may cease to exist. Uh, you may have changed into a pregnant. Uh, whatever, despite the ramifications, it will be worth it because we will know how much you care and love. Ah. Well, on that, there's not much really to do except for uh, to outro our cast. I'm going to go opposite field of the way I came in. So to my uh, counterclockwise, we have Lord, Captain, and Dean, Quinn Southwind. Play my mic. Where is that deliciously magical water? Moving on, we have Boris, the benevolent butcher, played by Nicole. You should apply to go to school here. We have Hedrick, the entertainer, played by Phil. Well, even if you're not really here, it's good to have you back, Felix. Continuing around the clock, we have Lord Jarrell the Light, played by John. Until next time. And finally, in astral projection form, we have the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom, played by Francesca. I have an ethereal plan. Oh. My name is Dave. I have been your tormentor for this evening. It's uh, so nice to be sitting on this side of the virtual screen again, and uh, we've got some really great stuff coming up for you. So uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye.